Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Brad Whipple, and this is our series, Clan of Two, where we discuss the new episodes of The Mandalorian every single week on Sunday. And joining me is my co-host, Tori Fox. Tori. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Have you recovered from Boba Fett's new paint job? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely beautiful. God, was not expecting that. That was absolutely beautiful. And they just glazed right over that, too. They were just like, and here he is, looking amazing. Just when you <laughs> thought he couldn't get any sexier, he did Really somehow. and truly, yeah, he went there. He brought, you know, and I just love that he somehow had time to, like, do that to his armor in between, you know, all their missions and whatnot. He was just like, you know what? No. <laughs> when you look good, you know, you feel good. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was kind of just like, I know we got to rescue your kid, but first arts and crafts. Let's do it. But first arts and crafts. I want to know like how awkward it was for everybody to just sit there on slave one, like watching him paint. And they're like, can we go? And he's like, like, no. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there has to be an, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I would be super interested to know like what the creators have, like what they've, what their headcanon is for how that went down i guess like yeah. does he have a spray booth on the <laughs> on the slave one does the slave one have like some weird like automated thing or is he just like doing it himself like i don't know and i appreciate there's still like some weathering going on like it's very it's very good he did yeah. a good job it looks great the boy looks good when he when it matters the most and we're going to talk even more about him and slave one in just a second but we are talking about Chapter 15, The Believer, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. What a, what a guy. It's his third episode that he's directed in The Mandalorian. Always kills it every time. So good. He needs to come back for season three. That's a fact. Agreed. Absolutely. I think they'll bring him back every season, honestly. I think he is I hope clearly so. I a mean, fan favorite. Shoot. Yeah, I would say like his and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's are probably like some of my favorite yeah in the series I would say for sure yeah so this episode was was great I had a really fun time with it it wasn't necessarily like one of my most favorite episodes but I still think it was great I think it was uh it had some really heavy Rogue One vibes like the Shore Trooper (laughs) love that so much oh my gosh I screamed when I saw a Shore Trooper or yeah. short trooper, I can't talk. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that was so exciting. Oh my god! Yeah, it, they looked so good, and I loved the whole jungle vibe. Like I just didn't expect <sighs> us to be on this like sort of tropical setting like this episode. I just it was didn't gorgeous. Think, oh my god! You know, because yeah. I I thought mostly this episode was going to be a rescue mission, but really it wasn't that hard. It was just going to get him and releasing him from the droid and the junkyard yeah. and there he, Which there the junkyard he is. was super fun too that was really neat to see yeah i really enjoyed that yeah so yeah it's it was a it was a wonderful episode and rick i think when he works with ludwig there's a very very certain unique style to the way that ludwig scores rick's episodes and this very specific beat like the way the title card came up it was much more like hip-hoppy and a lot of those old sounds from chapter six were coming back as well. Yeah, like I can you could see that. Yeah, you could hear some of that coming through. It had that vibe. I would just love to be a fly on the. I would say fly in the wall, but you know we're virtual now. I'd love to be a fly on the Zoom chat to see what do Rick and Ludwig talk about. <laughs> like, what is the style or the, the 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 sort of thing they're going for in the episode? But it really, really stuck out to me. I think it was some of the 
my favorite music from the season. But what were your overall thoughts on the episode and getting to see Helmetless Din Djarin, Slave 1, you know, having the fan cam moments. We've never really seen Slave 1 this much in anything. It's, I think this was the most we've really seen it. Very it's exciting. Great. Yeah. We're no, reliving it. We're living in these 2002 vibes. So great. Oh, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. No, um, I loved it. Um, like you said, like, I, I don't know if it's like my favorite ever. Um, it was a really good solid episode. I think it delivered a lot in terms of, um, kind of like Mando's personal kind of like internal struggle and journey, if you will, which I think is super important. Um, but yeah, as I was kind of telling you before we started recording, like, I think if it wasn't the second to last episode, I'd be like super chill about it. But I'm kind of like, what's going on with the baby? Like, <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. Like, I didn't fully, I guess I just didn't expect it to be, um, I would say like kind of more of a chiller episode. Like it, it wasn't very like high stakes per se. You know what I mean? I mean, it is mm-hmm. high stakes, but you know, I, I guess I kind of expected them to, at least maybe halfway through the episode, to be kind of heading towards Grogu and Moff Gideon or whatever. But, I mean, I think the ending was also all worth it. Like, that was... Mm-hmm. Mando is such a such a drama queen. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, that was pretty amazing. So, and like, yeah, like you said, we saw so much of Slave 1. I loved um, how they were, like, sitting in those, like, side cylinders and you could see, like, the windows kind of, like, opening and closing and stuff. It was, it was really neat to see the inside, like. The rotational thing that was happening yeah. with the wings. Yeah, that was, very, that very was cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. We've never seen Slave 1 inside like that, so. Besides, you know, the cockpit. Wonderful stuff. I loved it, honestly. I, I do think, yeah, this episode really shined for me in the way that it, portrayed more of din's struggle and like overcoming those lines because when we talk about the title the believer i think to me this is like the one title of the season that's really the most ambiguous because you know you have the jedi you have Mm -hmm. the tragedy you have the marshal they're all very obvious the passenger but this is like the believer so it's like what who is the believer what is being believed like what's going on with this title and i think that's kind of the one thing i've scratched my head around the most and i think that kind of just speaks to how this episode was more of an intimate character study about like morality and sort of that gray area for our beliefs that guide our actions. Because, you know, there's one point where Mayfeld says empire and the rebels or the new Republic, it's all the same to these people. It's just that we're invaders and that's that, you know, it doesn't really matter which side you choose. It's more of like the choices that you're making, Mm -hmm. what you're choosing to believe in, like what cause versus maybe these like external factors of labels, like, you know, we're part of the empire, we're part of the Republic, or I'm a Mandalorian, so I have to keep my helmet on. Or is it that I believe in this cause of this child and baby, you know, baby Yoda and Grogu, that's more important to me. So that's what I believe in. What do you think the believer means? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like, what do you believe in? I guess more almost like what's the most important to you, the Grogu or, you know, these beliefs that you've held that have been somewhat restricting i guess in life so yeah i super agree on that i think i think the believer is mando but uh, yeah i definitely the most like ambiguous because i actually was sitting there after the episode and i was like who's the believer (laughs) but yeah i think the i think the whole conversation with mayfeld makes it pretty um apparent but i guess Mm -hmm. i think it could also mean kind of mayfeld i mean clearly it's not like mainly him but i think it could apply in a way 
Yeah. With everything that kind of goes on with him. Because he kind of goes on his own personal journey, too, throughout all this, which yeah. I thought was super interesting. And I did not expect. I feel like a lot of people were like, I'm so shocked that I like Boba Fett. And I was like, I'm not shocked that I like Boba Fett. I'm shocked that I like Mayfeld now. Like, I, what's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the believer could kind of almost be more of an idea versus yeah. a single person mm-hmm. even. You know, yeah. because when you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah, Mando believes in Grogu. Mayfeld believes in not slaughtering, you know, tons of people just for the sake of betterment, like, or quote unquote betterment, or at least what the Empire thought is Mm -hmm. the greater good. And then you have Valen Hess, who's played by Richard Brake. Funny enough, he's the Night King in Game of Thrones. He's a believer as well. He believes in the Empire. You know, he's like, you know, long live the Empire or cheers to the Empire. That's his belief. It's a bad belief. It's a horrible one. I think that was kind of one of the one of the most intense conversations we've had on the show and the fact that you have all this action that's happening throughout the show and then it really all slows down and you think you know he says let's get a drink and I was thinking okay they're not gonna actually get a drink with him and then they do and I was like shit why are we slowing this episode down so much and it's because it's really that I was like (laughs) yeah I was like shit this is really awkward for Mando And it really does slow down and put you in the moment and kind of get you to understand like this really tense feeling that everybody's having of like all of our boundaries are being pushed right now. Like Din sitting there with his helmet off, Mayfeld sitting there confronting his old officer, remembering the atrocities that that he's doing. And then this guy is just like, you know, sitting there thinking he's he's hot stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I was really surprised too by Mayfeld's growth as a character i love the character of mayfeld i'm not like the biggest fan of bill bergs i just think he's my opinion of him is he's i just think he's very problematic and i don't like him too much but i do love the I don't character even know that much about him to be honest i never really knew who he was until he was on mando so yeah he uh his character That's though yikes. as mayfeld is is great and i think you know going from somebody last season who was double crossing mando to now being rescued by mando and and having to help him out and also mando seeing a different side of him than he might have thought i think that kind of goes to show mando you know uh when he when he tells mando we're all the same you know you and i and it's funny because visually they're in the same armor together the entire episode so visually they're the same and it kind of shows din jaren you know Mayfeld has his lines he'll cross when things get tough. So will I. So maybe we are a little bit the same. More so than yeah. I might realize. Like, this this is the way is not some sort of moral superiority. It's kind of maybe just in my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I loved, you know, his part at the end where he's like, you know, you did what you had to do. Like, I never saw your face. Like, ugh, emotional. Mm. And he emotional. turns away, too, to, like, give yeah. him his changing. To, like, give him a second, space. like, so that he could put it, put his helmet back on and stuff. Like, <laughs> That's like, yeah, I, like they're, I think that their chemistry together is really nice. Like, I think that they like, they're a really good foil for each other. So I think it's really yeah. interesting. Every time we see them together, it's always pretty interesting. I think Mayfeld challenges him a lot. So leading up to the point where we're actually in the juggernaut with them in the, in the pilot's chairs, I love just the build up to that moment. I love Mayfeld getting picked up and we see initially Boba Fett and slave one in the background and he's all painted new and fresh and he's like i thought you were a different mandalorian <laughs> it's just like so cool to see din Djarin have a bodyguard who is boba fett like is that so just not good. blowing your mind <laughs> it's just so good that's so like it's the so picture awesome. the picture of them standing next to each other is just so very nice like it's yeah it's one of those pictures that it's just like whoever thought we'd be here like this is awesome even besides boba's painted armor too he looks really good 
outfit wise like he's got this like black yeah i like the black the black black is really nice yeah and he looks great without the helmet too like when he doesn't have the helmet on in the in the slave one and they're talking about whatever like yeah looks great (laughs) so good love the way that Tamora Morrison says things. I love his accents, like Rhydonium. Like I, I just love how he says everything. I could listen to him yeah. narrate an entire audiobook about Boba he, Fett. Like, oh, please give does, that to me. Yeah, I mean, his voice in general is so nice. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I read, there was like a quick article that I think it was StarWars.com did with him um, after him showing up and, you know, like showing up again, I should say, um, in the previous episode um, where he, you know, talks to uh din about Django and all of that and he was talking about how he like purposely made it like a lot grittier and stuff and i just i just love it it's just so good <laughs> yeah but when we get to morak and you know they're trying to figure out who's going to go on this mission and i love to and he's like let's just say they might recognize my face <laughs> oh that killed me that was so funny what a great little what a great little throw in. And what I love is like nobody really like says anything. So like I this this whole time because I was actually thinking about this. So in the Bad Batch, I mean a spoiler if you didn't want to watch any of the stuff that came out from the investment thing, but in the Bad Batch, um, you know, Fennec Shan's in the Bad Batch thing. Crazy. So like she knows what a clone looks like, presumably, right? Like possibly she knows what a clone looks like. So is she True. like she knows that Boba's a clone, I guess? And so like, you know, no one really reacts when he says that. So, you know, I does Din know that he's a clone? Like probably not. Like I don't know. That's why I wonder like you know, me and you talk and I I don't know. I, the way that this last episode went kind of makes me nervous that maybe we aren't going to Camino like we hope for, but like is that something that'll come out at that point? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just think that's a really interesting conversation that we could watch. Yeah, definitely. And also too, Fennec mentioning that she has a bad history with the Empire. So I'm like, is that something that's going to get explored in the Bad Batch? Are we going to figure out? Oh, yeah. Why she's so. got a bad history with them? Oh, because yeah. that would be pretty cool. I was so shocked when she showed up in that trailer. And damn, she looks so good. She looks in so animated good form. Oh, oh, my gosh. I like screamed. I, I was like, wait, stop. Is that is that her? <laughs> she looks great. Yeah, because I showed her twice. So and the second time, I was like, "Oh, damn, that's a glory shot right there of Fennec Shan." But once we get into into the Juggernaut and uh, the fact that Din has sort of stripped away his armor, it's it's like he's at his most vulnerable state, and that's definitely shown throughout the episode because you know the armor that he puts on from the stormtrooper is breaking when he's fighting all those pirates. He's kind of uh, he's kind of up against a wall. There's very similar shot compositions between this and chapter two when he's facing the Mudhorn. So I think these are really the, the two most vulnerable times, both directed by Rick Famuyiwa, so that you can definitely see the similarities there. But what did you make of, of him talking to, to Mayfeld, who would probably be the worst Uber driver in the world? Oh, my God. Because you would just want to sit there and not talk to anybody, and he's just talking to you and talking to you and <laughs> pushing your buttons. I, you what did you make of that whole conversation? I saw those comparisons about the Uber driver, but I would like to say, for your consideration, he was very considerate of the Rhydonium blowing up. So I, yeah. he might be a talkative guy, but he's pretty safe. So I have to give him that. Um, I love that. I loved all of that. I thought it was really, really um, just, you know, we've kind of touched on already. The conversation was just super interesting um, to kind of challenge his beliefs and kind of get him thinking. And and I, I definitely think that's part of why he ended up just saying, you know, forget about it. I'll just take the helmet off because, you know, what, what am I going to do? You know, 
I believe in I believe in helping out this child more than anything else at this point. Um, so yeah, I I thought it was really fun, honestly. Really cool to see two characters, and really cool to see um just see them kind of like just driving and talking in this like really cool new vehicle or newish vehicle, I guess new to me visually. I don't know. Have we seen that vehicle before? I don't think we have, but it yeah, gave me some solo vibes new. too. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like a train very, like, solo slash rogue one kind of vibes. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, and I really liked. Um, maybe this is getting ahead, but I really liked when he has to um fight the pirates or whatever. Mm-hmm. He throws that spear and. I for me anyway the way that he threw it it was so good and it was just like an immediate shot and got the person and like in my head I'm like he's practicing with the Beskar sphere like he's getting really yeah. good at throwing spheres oh man <laughs> so that made me really excited <laughs> uh but yes. yeah I, I really enjoyed the Mayfell conversation but I also think and I've seen other people kind of have this thought as well like throughout the episode kind of like almost conflicted mentally because you have these pirates who are fighting the empire right but that's not actually the empire it's them so you like really want the pirate people to not be killed you kind of want them to win but not really for this instance like it was just such a it was a hard thing to grapple with i guess because it was like kind of sad to me that they had to end up killing them but it's like what are you gonna do like blow your cover like like how would you have like yeah. how you deal with the situation um but i kind of felt a similar way too where it was kind of like you have this whole conversation about mayfeld and stuff like that and him being you know someone who's very like seemingly like very regretful and like just not happy about his time with the empire and like the things that he had done and stuff and like to have him turn around him and blow up the whole facility was an interesting kind of thing to think about because i don't know it kind of feels like it's going both ways if that makes sense because like Mm -hmm. you think about it and you're like okay they just blew up that facility but like how many people in there are just like you and they're trapped or they're like not happy or whatever yeah which you can also make the argument that you know if you really want to get out you know you shouldn't commit atrocities i get it i agree with that but you know i don't know it seemed like a very back and forth kind of like moral message i guess if that makes sense for this for this episode (laughs) there is definitely some fuzziness to it and it goes to mayfeld saying all those people who died in wars fought by mandalore had a choice how are they any different than the empire you know like yeah it's like did the people who died in that facility or the people who are those pirates did they have a choice I mean, yeah, like you said, they could have left, but also it's like, oh, it's like weird because they're just having this whole thing of like, don't kill people. And then they're killing so many people. It was so like, yeah, it was tough yeah, to it was grapple a very with. Weird. Yeah, it's a lot to, to process, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So but oh, and I love the pirates. They were so fun looking and like I love that they had th- we saw like some thermal detonators and stuff and like those yeah, fight scenes were awesome. And I loved when you first see them and they come up on like the little skiff thing. Like it's very... It, and it's not i guess it's kind of in the same breadth of how i felt when uh in the first episode of the first season of mando where they're pulling off the carbonite from his ship and it has kind of almost that like like it's definitely using the best of the best of the technology but you can tell that they kind of like dumbed it down in some ways so that it looks more original star wars i guess if that makes mm-hmm. sense like to me when they pulled up it looked very like like a little rough if that makes sense and i like like java skiffs like in the return yeah Jedi, like just like of, not yeah. like you know just not like a perfect yeah kind of you know 
And I think some of that grittiness serves Star Wars well. And I think that's oh, part of what this episode does well, too, because it does it does blend like, you know, really stunning visual effects with this sort of, again, jungle environment that we know and this grittiness, this very like uh, dirty uh, setting within the within the ship, within the facility, with the pirates coming in their on their on their skiffs and like hand fighting each other. It's all very like uh it, it's 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 great it's great stuff it's great star wars and rick directed the hell out of it i mean even so towards good. the end too when we have this giant escape and you hear the mandalorian theme coming in very triumphantly and fennec shand is shooting from the the top of the waterfall and she's just Beautiful. nailing shot after shot i love all of that so much and they're all just working as a team and such a Boba good Fett team comes in. yeah when he, yeah when he like swoops in and like it's like all of them working together it is just yeah whew, it is beautiful. Yes, yes. This episode does definitely challenge your brain in a way to be like, oh, those are normally people the Mandalorian would work with and help, but he's killing them. Such a and bad, yeah, such a bad it is, situation. Like, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks for him because, again, it's like crossing those lines of like, I don't really think he's a ruthless killer. I don't really think he likes doing any of this stuff. But he, you know, when he sees all those other, other uh, barges come through the smoke, you can hear him sigh. And I don't even think it's like, I think it's partly him sighing because he's like tired and he feels already very defeated. But he's probably also partly like, I don't want to have to kill anyone. <sighs> I don't want to have to kill. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly, that's yeah. exactly how I read it as well. And then I also think partially resigned to just like getting beat up a lot. <laughs> yeah. At that point. What did you make of Mayfeld saying, if you're born on Mandalore, you believe in one thing. If you believe on Alderaan, you believe in something else. But guess what? Neither of them exist anymore. What did you make of that quote? Because I thought that was a really perplexing statement. It was, yeah, it was a very, it was a very interesting statement. I mean, I think it's, I think it's very apparent that he's just very kind of like jaded, you know, and kind of he's clearly been in some really bad situations before so but i mean it's an interesting thought and i think it kind of really i think that might have been the part that maybe spoke to mando the most that it's like you know not necessarily that what you believe in doesn't matter but it's like having all of those beliefs and holding them so dear and all of this like the thing that you are i don't want to say worshiping but it could be gone tomorrow you know what i mean kind of thing so yeah. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? I don't no, absolutely. So you're saying like your it, it, your your choices are more important than what your actual beliefs are like because if you only live your life by your if you only believe if you only live your life by the things that you're like yeah like you said worshiping and like that's your only direction yeah like if all of that crumbles around you then like what are you left you with? have nothing yeah you have nothing exactly yeah like if you're just like empty emptily following this like creed right and you're just like the creed the creed the creed the creed the creed but then you have something in your life that is so important to you and you you know because let's be honest i mean if he really was following his creed this whole time like he probably never would have he never would have went back for grogu like like none of this would be happening so there's already some of that degradation there for him of like being so strictly about this creed but yeah exactly like what you have can be gone if that's all that you're mm -hmm. subscribing to that's it and to put that in the context of, of Din Djarin if all he's believing in is the way and he's very rigid in that belief and he will do nothing else uh that contradicts that belief or that creed he's gonna lose baby Yoda he realizes that it's like you know baby Yoda is exactly. his home just like Alderaan or 
Mandalore are the homes to these people who believe in in those planets and those uh, certain religious beliefs or whatever. You know, if you lose that home, like, what is your anchor? And Din Djarin is recognizing that. He's like, crap, like, yeah, if I'm left without Grogu, like, what is my purpose in life? And, like, it's yeah. just an empty creed that I'm following. So I think that's kind of just slowly, again, this, this sort of statement by Mayfeld cracks away at Mando to think, huh, you know, like, we all come from different parts of the galaxy and believe in different things, but, like, ultimately, like, do those things matter as much as, like, our actions and how they impact the larger galaxy versus kind of living in these very isolated areas that could just be destroyed at any moment and like the way of life to com- completely disrupted. I don't know. It's really interesting. And it just leads us to, you know, the eventual taking off of his helmet. Mayfeld tells him everybody's got their lines. They don't cross until things get messy and things get Woo. very messy very quick. Were you shocked that he took off the helmet? Uh, like this episode? Yes and no, actually. So I, I think we've talked about this before. Like, I was always kind of thinking that it was going to end up, and I mean, it is in a roundabout way for Grogu, you know. I always thought it was going to end up being a, like, really impactful, like, super, super, like, heart-wrenching. I mean, I still think it was heart-wrenching to a point, but, like, just a really, really big moment. And so it did kind of catch me by surprise in that in that regard. But, I mean, as soon as I kind of got to that situation and Mayfield's like, well, I can't go on there, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so, but, I mean, I still think we can have a big moment with that, quote unquote, because I feel like yeah. they have these moments where he takes his helmet off and you're like, oh, somebody saw him or whatever. But I feel like every single time he's kind of had an out almost, right? Like, IG, um, IG-88. 88? 11. Yeah. 11. I always get them mixed up. Whoopsies. Sorry. They're the same. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> They're brothers, I think. Uh, you know, IG was technically a droid and then died. And then, you know, you have every guy that was in that cafeteria or whatever it was, they're dead now. And then Mayfeld's like, I didn't see anything. So I feel like he constantly has like an out almost. So I kind of feel like we could still have a big moment with that. Maybe in the next one with like Moff Gideon or something. I don't know. Um, but I mean, I loved it. And like Pedro Pascal's, I mean, we knew this, but such a good actor, like the way that he conveyed like that level of discomfort, why just by like sitting there was <laughs> just beautiful. Yeah. And they lit his face like he was an angel, like in yes. that room. Like it was just, yeah, I'm glad you beautiful. noticed that. I did see oh that too. God. Yes, baby. I got so many tweets queued up <laughs> <laughs> for that. Like he just looked amazing. And so I, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was really, really great. And I, the whole brown eyes bit was hilarious to me. Yeah, interestingly too, you know, baby baby Yoda was nicknamed Bright Eyes in the first season and now you have his dad Brown Eyes. I just think that's that's cute. That's really cute. I love that honestly for them. But yeah, I love the lighting of the of the room especially cuz it, it you know, to have Din Djarin, there was like that one shot and the window lighting is coming in shining right on his face. It kind of goes to show me that like he's found the light. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just it's a bit of a stretch. But I also think it's kind of interesting that he's the only one that's that's lit in there, you know? No, I think it was very intentional the way it was lit. I think it's like, yeah, yeah. they were like, lighting we're is very make important. This super worth your while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's found the light. He's finally taken the helmet off, and he realizes like, hey, I didn't explode, did I? No, it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm still alive. Nobody has shot me out of the dark. You know, we're good. So, I was I was fairly shocked when he took it off. I think it was funny that he still tried to scan his helmet. I was like, dude, Mayfeld just gave you gave you very explicit instructions on what you're supposed to do, and you're defying them right away. I was like, yeah. is this thing gonna blow up? I don't know. 
what's happening (laughs) (laughs) but the music too in that moment was great and it was very uh it was very heartfelt and you could see the empathetic look on mayfeld's face especially like him peeking around the corner and seeing just the back of din Djarin's head and i thought he wasn't gonna see him at all yeah yeah and you could just see like for mayfeld in that moment you could see how much the dawning is uh, the, the realization on his face that oh wow this is like a big deal like i should give him privacy and like you know kind of step away for a minute but yeah, it is, it is such a huge deal. And uh, he had total himbo energy, especially when when that guy came over and was like, oh, man. hey, what are I you doing? I was like cringing for them. I was like, this is the worst. I'm so nervous for them right now. But when you think about it, like Mando hasn't had his helmet off like since he was a kid. And now he's like got caught red handed. So for him, it seems like if you're wondering, why are you so dumb in this moment? Like, why can't you do anything? Why are you so different? It's because he's like, it's kind of traumatic for him. He's like, oh my God, how do I He's react? Like, how am I supposed to even react? Yeah, because I mean, you're like his like deadpan face the whole time because it's like you don't really you're not spending time reacting likely. You're used to no one seeing your face. So you're not like, yeah, like, how like, do I how do I have facial expressions right now? I don't know. Yeah, he's like developing his poker face like as he goes and he's like i don't know what this what i'm supposed to do i don't have a thing in front of me to hide my emotions anymore yeah it's... you have to be vulnerable you have to react pretty wild yeah. oh my god i saw someone say i just want to i just want to bring this up because this made me a little upset not upset per se but i was kind of like what they were like why does he have a mustache if he wears a helmet all the time like a oh well-groomed mustache and i was like because you do it for yourself like sometimes yeah. i put makeup on for myself Jeez. for no one else just myself and it makes me feel good so Can't why not mustache shaming i'm Din all Jaren. about them i'm all about the the facial hair he looks amazing so <laughs> you know crazy. and din deserves a little self-care so yeah let the man have a mustache if he wants to i mean god he's the best dad in the galaxy if he wants to have yeah, a mustache oh he can God. he just oh, i like he looks so nice like, i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be too much here but he just looks so lovely no, you can thirst respectfully um, if you'd like for i am sure. looking respectfully um he <laughs> looked incredible and he looks real good um like very nice um yeah and i just hope that there's more of that although i'm kind of wondering i'm like is this just like every single season we're gonna have one little like <gasps> moment and then like <laughs> it's back on it's back on yeah you know my hope is if we go full helmetless at some point in the show and like grogu is like watching him like shave his face in the mirror and he's just kind of like you know inquisitively looking and doing all those things that you know your little kid does when you're a dad trying to figure out the world and understand it i I would just love some of those moments so it would be so wholesome honestly that's making me honestly a little bit emotional to think about like (laughs) i think i think what will happen is i think it'll be like how boba fett is where he's kind of like oh yeah i'm chilling on my ship let me take the helmet off and then like obviously when he's battling people yeah the the helmet on i feel like that's where the progression is hopefully headed yeah but i mean if we saw his face literally all the time i also would not complain so Mm -hmm. so we get we get to this table where they're having drinks together and mayfeld drops operation cinder which for all you cool to hear for all you bookworms out there and comic readers and video gamers uh, that was a fun drop for you you know operation cinder being for those of you unfamiliar is emperor palpatine's sort of contingency plan that when he passed away he was given orders to all these different officers to carry out the destruction of worlds so like obviously mayfeld's been there done that he's seen the kind of 
destruction its cause, and it seemed like that might have been the catalyst for him to leave the Empire. And there's a couple different stories set in the sequel trilogy that explore that. Alphabet Squadron is a great one for any of you who have, haven't read those books. I would highly recommend. But I thought it was such a, such an interesting conversation. Again, how the emotional anchor of the scene wasn't Din Djarin, it was Mayfeld. Which I thought was a very interesting choice because it is the Mandalorian. And you don't want to stray too far away from Din Djarin's experience. But like, why do you, what do you think that like this conversation and Din kind of just sitting there right in the middle being privy to it like what does that add to like his perspective of the things that happen around him and maybe how he sees the world i thought it was very cool to see honestly and i feel like it i mean it makes sense character wise you know as we said like you're not going to be used to reacting to all of that um you know in the way that a normal person would because you're wearing a helmet literally all the time um i thought it was i thought it was very well done the way that it was handled you know i think it um like you said it expanded upon things that are m- more referred to in like books and things like that um which i thought was super super neat um to kind of give mayfeld a little bit more of a backstory in that regard um but yeah i agree i thought it was it was an unexpected choice to kind of have it be not all about mayfeld but kind of more of a a experience centered on him but yeah the performance was great too like there were some they were both so good like i said their chemistry is just awesome like just kind of like those sideways glances at each other like mm-hmm. and somebody tweeted out like a thread from reddit or something how i didn't even really notice this on my first watch but all of din Djarin, like when he he doesn't really like use his peripheral vision he like turns his body with his head as if he's like still wearing the armor because just Genius. that's that's how he his movement God. is conditioned so that's just like a plus acting right there i mean that's i mean just you could tell he was like stuff. so stiff <laughs> yeah very stiff very like not moving a lot it's like a fish out of water honestly this whole episode (laughs) yeah but i kind of feel like in a lot of ways mayfeld was kind of like the din whisperer if you will like i think i think din was pretty much feeling all the things that mayfeld was feeling but mayfeld was kind of the one that was like articulating everything Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think that's kind of the irony of, of Din Djarin just sitting there. He is like, <laughs> he is his, his voice, you know, his inside voice. And uh, the fact that Din Djarin doesn't say anything makes me think like, yeah, maybe they are a little bit the same. Maybe they both realize they've done terrible things and witnessed terrible things in their life. But that doesn't mean that, you know, they can't right those wrongs and have some sort of redemption mm-hmm. in their life. And this was more of a redemptive arc for Mayfeld. Because at the end of the episode, they let him go. They let him free. And, you know, quote unquote, he died in the refinery explosion. So <laughs> that was a cute detail. Pretty cool to kind of give him his his walk into the sunset and live his life the way he wants to live it. You know, no longer under the shackles of both the Empire or the New Republic since he was a prisoner. So it's all around a great, uh, you know, s- circular story for him. Valen Hess is just so creepy. Oh, he was so, so like, creepy. slimy and gross. He's and he said, him. "What was the one thing he said?" Hold on, let me find my notes. <laughs> he said, "Everybody thinks they want freedom. What they really Ugh, want is order." Disgusting. Yeah, and talking about it's a sacrifice for the greater good. Like I, that was a big like let everyone die for the sake of the economy energy. You know? Oh like, yeah. Like. <laughs> This guy had some big like, Trump energy for a sure. Big, yeah, honestly, yeah, <laughs> like big, like it's for the greater good. Like, uh, just everything about that man was just horrible. 
Ugh. Yeah, he was actually the worst. I was so happy when he got shot. I was like, this is great Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, when, and like you can kind of tell like the music kind of like started getting a little like intense and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that he got shot. It was good. I love how everybody too, like he gets shot and everybody in the room is like kind of looking and, and Din Djarin gives Mayfeld the look and he's like, why did you just do that? We're screwed. <laughs> Yeah, there's kind of, I really enjoyed, there was like a very brief, like, there's a brief pause, and then they shoot the one guy that's like right there, and then there's another brief pause, and then they're like, okay, we need to like keep going, because (laughs) I think, yeah, it was such a shocking moment, which was great. It was cool to see them kind of pause and react and be like, oh. Yeah, and it was also too legitimizing Din's crossing of lines, right? Because... Mayfeld and the juggernaut earlier says you'll cross your lines when things get sticky and now here Mayfeld's showing Din Djarin he'll do the same so it's kind of saying hey it's okay to cross your line when you need to so let's let's just do this and get out of here like and they yeah. kind of both recognize that in that moment when they look at each other and I think that was pretty great of just like we're vibing we're here like let's just do this just let's get out yeah. you know they're honestly a great crew and I, I think the emotional connection between them two in this episode was really really profound and and i I loved just the on-screen chemistry for sure what did you think of the final firefight and slave one coming into the rescue i mean like i again like i just can't get over the noises slave one makes the way it looks the way it flies the seismic charge came back finally like damn that was so exciting i was like screaming at wow that was yes. a very exciting moment to see the, the seismic chart. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed um like you said, you know, seeing the the teamwork of everyone was just like super, super cool. Um so but yeah, watching watching the slave one come in and then kind of do that fun like leap off the building onto the onto the ship. Ugh. Just really beautiful. And yeah, the way it was shot and maybe, like you said, it's kind of like that jungly environment, so to speak. Like that whole that whole scene just did seem very like Rogue One like to me. So, yeah, obviously, I loved it. Yes, yeah, I think Rick definitely pulled a few pages out of the Scarif <laughs> Scarif scenes from Rogue One because it Beautiful. just felt like I was watching it. It was so wonderful, honestly. This episode is just a lot of fun. I will say one other thing too that really stuck out to me. This is actually going back to the this is my one of my final notes here. Valen Hess mentions to, uh, regarding the people that die in the cause of the Empire, he says, all heroes of the Empire, and then Mayfeld says, yeah, all dead. And that reminded me of The Last Jedi, when, when uh, Poe Dameron's talking to Leia, and he says, you know, there were heroes on that mission, and Leia goes, yeah, dead heroes. Yeah. You know, so uh, that just kind of goes back to your, your and I's earlier point about kind of unquestioning loyalty to certain causes. And, like, what that can do for certain worlds, whether it's Mandalore or Alderaan or whatever. Not that, you know, it's Alderaan's fault that they got destroyed. That's not their fault. But, you know, something like Mandalore, where it was very, like, much a civil war at all points in time, and they're very much butting heads constantly about, you know, native Mandalorians versus foundlings. You know, Almec hates foundlings and people who aren't, quote-unquote, pure-blood Mandalorians, and just kind of these, like unjust causes that don't really mean anything and except to just like divide everybody even further so i just thought that was really like an interesting thing there to show like 
what what causes do you believe in and like to what degree will you will you risk your own life to support that cause and i think this whole episode was really just a case study on like where do you draw the line and when do you stop believing in the cause when you realize the cause isn't good for you anymore and i think din jarn has finally realized that like the way is not the way he needs to live his life anymore and i think his taking off the helmet in such an you know quote-unquote low stakes moment there although in the grand scheme of things it's much higher stakes because he's trying to find the, the exactly kid. yeah you know so it just goes to show that like he's getting even more flexible and i think he's finally accepted the role of dad and like this is more important to me than my creed is grogu is the most important thing in my life grogu is it you know yeah and yeah. i th- and i think too like as you're talking i'm thinking about it and i think it could almost be more impactful i think the way that this helmet removal went down because it was like his it was his choice it wasn't like he had like no choice kind of moment it was him just saying you know what yeah i gotta take it off yeah like so i think it was more personal that way i like that yeah it's not like he was on death's door like in chapter eight right i mean that's yeah exactly like it's not these i mean they're they're extreme circumstances to an extent but they're not like a a life or death like take your helmet off or i like shoot the kid like moment or you know what i mean like it's it's a conscious decision that he's making yeah and i always like storytelling that does that more and gives the the person a choice and i think often of like sacrifice in star wars i often feel like sacrifice is portrayed in like a death defying way whether it's vader or ig11 or even like ben solo i think the more that we can have characters like make choices on their own terms and not just be like, oh, it's my last choice. So let it just be the best choice and the most good choice. I think to know that, you know, they're making these choices knowing full well that they're going to continue on afterwards. That makes it more meaningful because it's not like they're just saying like, I'll go out on a high. It's like, no, I'm going to have to live with this choice afterwards. I know that, but I'm going to still make the choice anyways, if that makes sense. Whereas like sacrifice in Star Wars, sometimes it can, be lessened to our degree because it's like oh i'll make the sacrifice knowing i'm gonna die and it kind of lessens the impact of it sometimes you know yeah i can see what you're saying with that but we get to the final scene and this is this is this will kind of lead us into our final part here previewing the season finale holy moly what did you think did you catch that it was the dialogue from chapter seven that Moff Gideon delivered, like what was going through. Oh yeah, your head. Like, it's I, crazy. I was, it and I honestly laughed a little. I thought it was in in some ways it's a little corny, but it's it's <laughs> really good too. At the same time, like you're just like yeah, get him. Like uses words against them. Like I don't know. I thought that was really fun. I really love that. And for him to like come out and say like he means more to me than you'll ever know. Like <sighs> that's so good. But I will say, and I did see you had it in the notes, like. A thought that occurred to me was, oh, okay, you're going to let Moff Gideon know that you're coming? Like, all right, I hope you all have, like, a really good plan. Like, maybe that's part of the plan. I don't know. But, yeah. I'm just a little concerned, honestly, at this point. Yeah. But, you know. But what a serve. One of my questions is, how did he remember the whole speech? And I love to think maybe there's a deleted scene from Chapter 7 where Moff Gideon's outside the window and they're all inside the cantina and he's talking and Grief's like, what are you doing? And Din Djarin's just, just like writing on a piece of paper. He's like, this is really He's good like, I'm stuff. I'm saving this for later. Hold on. This is some good stuff. <laughs> Finally, some like, good I food. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a chance that like, I don't know. I feel like that was a really intense moment and that he probably committed some of it to memory, right? Like, yeah, I feel like, absolutely. I feel like he would be like, I, I didn't forget that. But yeah, yeah what a 
incredible so good so to just go through the quote here he says moff gideon you have something i want you may think you have some idea what you are in possession of but you do not soon he will be back with me notably it says he whereas moff gideon in in season one says it so there's a little bit of a change there he means more to me than you will ever know like this was such a Liam Neeson taken moment of like I will find Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Oh my god, it was, wasn't it? That's you. the vibe that I got. Yeah. Almost I don't know. I haven't really seen the John Wick movies, but I would assume maybe John Wick 2. I don't really know what John Wick does, but I know people keep making Absolutely. that comparison with with him going after Grogu and all that. So. Yes. Yeah, no, this is definitely John Wick taken all of the above. Like they will go to the ends of the earth to slay whoever threatens their livelihood and it's wonderful but yeah you know talking about the element of surprise i'm i am a little shocked and you you mentioned it too like is it part of the plan because if it is part of the plan that's some big brain energy yeah like what are you guys planning because i i'm just i'm just a little concerned at this point honestly yeah i'm i'm a little and like i would like to think that they have it planned out but and i love dingeron immensely but sometimes he just does not think things through (laughs) yeah and i gotta wonder too with his face being in like the imperial database now is that gonna cause an issue somehow i don't know i wonder if that is gonna be sort of non-consequential another thought that i had yeah because i'm like well now has it like saved his face because like clearly it wasn't in there before right because that was the whole that was the whole toss-up was you know boba can't do it fennec can't do it you know what i mean but yeah, I, I wonder now, is that like something that will Moff Gideon pull up receipts and be like, is this you? <laughs> and like put us, pull out like a picture of him or something like, I don't know. Yeah. So my question for you is in the season finale, are we taking back Grogu on the ship or is the ship landing somewhere? Again, again I know we talked about Kamino being in it. Now I'm thinking it's less likely just based on how this episode went, but it's also yeah. very possible they land somewhere and, you know, Din Djarin still tracks the ship to a new planet and we see something new. Or is it just going to be kind of one of those things where they're on the ship the whole episode and it's kind of like the classic Star Wars on the Imperial ship or Death Star or whatever trying to escape, you know, with the with the prisoner kind of Princess Leia style from A New Hope. I think that's kind of where we're going. You think? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping wrong. that it's. I'm. I mean, I clearly, I'm always holding out hope for Camino, or it's somewhere else. I don't know. I. Uh, I don't know if I'm into a uh, being on a ship, but that might end up being what it is. I don't mm. know. I would like to think that it would end up at some sort of facility or something, though, right? Because like Moff Gideon's traveling to somewhere, and I right. mean, they did have to take this whole side detour to get Mayfeld and get the coordinates and all that. So I don't know. I don't and know. I think Dr. Pershing still could come back to next episode like depending on how long the episode oh, is absolutely like, yeah we have enough room that's for a big it possibility yeah i hope i hope it's like three hours long that's not gonna happen but yeah if only the extended give me cut. a full-length movie please <laughs> so i think the big question mark is is will they rescue grogu before the end of the season this is like a very hotly debated thing right now oh my god so if you asked me this like an episode or two ago, I'd be like, there's no freaking way. Like they're going to get him back because that's such a, that is a like, just like mentally debilitating, like <laughs> cliffhanger. Like I, that, that'd be horrible. 
Um, and I was kind of like, nah, they won't do that. Like, he'll get Baby back. It'll be fine. But now I kind of feel like we're not getting Grogu back. Yeah. Almost. And maybe that's like, maybe I'm wrong. Could definitely be wrong. But I don't know. I thought there would be a little bit more progress in the way of, like, getting to Moff Gideon or whatever. Like, I thought this previous episode would have maybe been a little bit more in that direction of the rescue. So I am concerned. Yes. And the other thing to consider, too, is, like, you know, season one ended with that happy ending of, like, rescue Grogu. Next mission is is a go. But, like, I don't know if they're going to end two seasons in a row with, like, Grogu rescue again. I feel like they're going to switch it up. And this season has really proven to be like the darker middle chapter for Mandalorian in some sense. And I think for it to really complete itself as a darker middle chapter, it has to end with a dark cliffhanger. Oh, and I, I really yeah. do think it could be Mando failing because what better lesson to teach Mandalorian to see like, hey, I know you changed your way, but you also changed it too late. You need to be more flexible with your beliefs. And that's going to kind of like hit home for him and be like i i screwed up and using season three to really come up with a plan of attack and he doesn't know we don't we're not taking into consideration too moff gideon's got a bunch of dark troopers he's got a dark saber din jaren the dark saber is not even planned into their strategy right now no matter what other plan they're coming up with they do not think about the fact that there's a dark saber involved you know so like that's another consideration what's going to happen there it's I'm kind of scared, honestly. And I really think this I'm one's going to throw us too. for a loop. I'm really nervous. I uh, really know where this is going and I'm concerned. <laughs> and I would love Grogu to get rescued. It's going to make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And that's that's how I like to feel. And, you know, this time last year, I watched a certain Star Wars movie and didn't feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. So it would kind of suck to spend another Christmas feeling sad <laughs> about tragic endings. Yeah. But, you I don't know. know, that's I guess that's I don't know. Maybe baby's not getting rescued. I kind of agree with the darker middle ch- middle chapter chapter words chapter um kind of idea. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm a little nervous for Grogu. But at the same time, I kind of felt like the big reveal or whatever at the end of the season could have been that like, you know, a Jedi shows up, right? Mm-hmm. or something so i don't know if he rescues grogu do you think he's gonna have the helmet on or off off i feel like he i feel like it's gonna be like a i'm so excited to see my baby like i'm taking the helmet off to like run to him or whatever like kind of scenario i feel like that'd be really cute and then i would like for grogu to be like what is what is your head what's your head like wait what's going on like why do you look like this now (laughs) i would love that so wait question time who do you think is going to be like part of like the the cavalry so to speak like do you think anybody else Mm. is going to show up like cop vanth or Bo, or um i mean we know that like koska reeves is probably not showing up again and that's yeah but somebody made a point that like maybe koska reeves and the other other dude could be off on some other mission. Yeah, and, and like, like maybe Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. That's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. So, because I feel like we're definitely going to see her again. And maybe, I mean, at this point, the way that the season has progressed, it definitely feels like, like, it doesn't feel like we're going to get to maybe all of those story bits this season about, like, the Darksaber and what happened with her and all of that. Um, but, you know, that can be a future season kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I keep having this moment where I'm like, okay, there is, like, 
such a big story here, right? Like with Bo and all of that. And like, there's a lot of things that have to happen. But at the same time, they really are kind of, and I'm not, I don't say this in a way that's like annoyed. I think I'm slightly annoyed sometimes because I do want to know these things. But they're definitely kind of like going at a very slow pace with all of this. Like they're just like chilling. They're like, we're going to throw in some fun missions, you know? So I feel like they're, they're volunteering information very sparingly (laughs) i guess yeah it it will be interesting to see what they what the real cliffhanger is for the season and i I don't know if it's going to be again grogu missing i don't know if it's going to be a jedi showing up on tython you know like putting his hand putting his or her hand on the rock you know get the silhouette shot wide shot of the jedi and we're like who is that you know we spend the next year being like who is the jedi that oh was there? i would hate that don't do that no <laughs> i need to know who it is you know so there's that it's possibility yeah. oh my gosh yeah <laughs> but uh laura ka who's on twitter she's actually had these like really great threads that she's been she's been posting every week for mandalorian breaking down kind of her thoughts on the on the show but um she made a really interesting prediction that Maybe uh, in this next episode, there's sort of this decoy plan involved where Boba's wearing Din Djarin's armor and, you know, nobody really knows what Din Djarin actually looks like. And uh, maybe he's undercover. And when he when he next sees Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda doesn't even know it's him until he speaks, which I think that would be interesting if maybe oh, like Din Djarin puts on like a stormtrooper outfit or something, you know. And and that's the other thing, too. Like, it kind of makes me think they maybe have to land on a planet because there's really not much of an element of surprise when you get there if you're just in space. And it's like, oh, this ship dropped out of hyperspace. Whereas, like, if they're on something like Camino, they can land, like, somewhere else and then sneak through and do their thing that way. It's a little bit harder to, like, rescue somebody on a ship that's so small and limited. So yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there could be, like... Imagine just like Din Djarin putting on a stormtrooper outfit, walking in there to see Grogu, and Grogu like force tosses him into the ceiling. He's like, "Wait, it's me, kid!" And, and Baby's like, like "What?" Oh, that would be really cute. Oh, yeah, and he gives him the little metal ball. I think that's got to happen too. Like he still got. Oh, the, the ball! Metal. I mean, the ball—it's happening, yeah. right? Like, so that was a really yeah, interesting sure. thought from her, and just kind of got the wheels spinning in my head of like what we could be doing. But uh, there's a lot of good ripe potential with this next one. Yeah, I I'm just hope excited. there's a little bit more clarity either for the Darksaber or for, like, the yeah. cloning section. Like, I just need a little bit of clarity here. Yeah, bit. I think, uh, yeah, I think, and that's why, too, like, landing on a planet, advancing the story a little bit with Dr. Pershing can go, like, a long way in terms of, like, setting up what next season's going to look like. Because we do have yeah. to know what is next season, the main goal going to be. Because after season one, we were like, okay, next year is return Baby Yoda to his people and find a Jedi. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what's it, the next? What's the next step? Yeah, which I feel like could really directly link to dark saber information or like cloning information. Like, right, which leads me to believe have either Bogotan or Camino involved in the next episode to really set those pieces in motion, both. or both. both? <laughs> Listen, I don't think I can handle Boba Fett, Din Djarin, and Bogotan walking down a hallway together. Like, I just I would love to see those damn. those white hallways. <sighs> <laughs> the reflection Please. in their armor too oh it'd be so good the visual effects would be immaculate all right so final predictions tori uh i'm gonna ask you two questions is anybody dying next episode and who's <gasps> directing at next episode 
Okay, so I'm a clown. I'm going to say it's George Lucas. <laughs> Same. Same here. It's George Lucas. I swear it. It's probably not, but I don't know. Again, we I think we've had this discussion already. On, I don't know yeah. if we've had it on the podcast, but like, yeah. I feel like it's got to be a big deal, right? Like, why conceal it? And it's not Filoni or Favreau. We've already had things from them. Um, so unless it's like, again, you know, maybe Ryan Johnson or J.J. Abrams or something like that, Gareth Edwards, like a previous... Ron Howard, I don't know. I just feel like the only one for me anyway that would be big enough for me to conceal would be George. So I'm going to hope it's George. He clearly visited the set. He's clearly talked with them about certain aspects of this show. I think that that would be a really neat thing. So and I and you know that John Favreau (laughs) would want that to happen. Right. Yeah. Like that's totally something he would 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 try to convince George to do. So totally. Um. And then is anyone dying? I honestly, the thought never even occurred to me. And now I'm like, oh, wait. Um, I've seen I've seen it thrown around a lot and I kind of get it. You know, I think to make it like more high stakes or to make Moff Gideon maybe more serious, quote unquote, that maybe, yeah, like someone dying would make a little bit of sense. Um, I'm not sure who, though, because I also feel like I don't have full clarity on who's going to be there with him. Right. Mm-hmm. when he goes like is anybody else gonna show up are people gonna be not present like i don't know um i hope <laughs> upon everything it's not boba or fennec shand like i do not want anything to happen to either of them i will be devastated like don't don't make me watch both boba fett and fennec shand come back to life and then kill them in the same <laughs> season with my own eyes. Like, do not do I that I would to hate me, that please. so much. <laughs> I would be so angry. So please don't do that. Especially when you've already fake killed her, like, Fennec Shand one time. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. not do that. They deserve to live. Everyone else, I'm kind of like, uh, about. I definitely don't think Din's going to die. No. So I wonder about, I was hoping for, I don't know if it'll happen, because I feel like that would take a lot of, um, like, time away from this episode uh the next episode but i was hoping that grief cargo would be brought in on it and like (laughs) he would be pissed because you know he's like are you taking care of him and like all this so i feel like grandpa grief would be angry about baby like i want him to to beat up some stormtroopers for baby yeah i hope he shows up too like they gotta stop back at navarro and grab him real quick because yeah, yeah that guy will but go i thought to the that, that was gonna be this episode you know the last season the yeah. episode before the last was like let's let's round everyone up and then so yeah so that's why i'm kind of like is he gonna show up maybe he'll just like be like hey i got your call i'm here and he's like just hops on or something but yeah i want grief cargo to like be angry as heck that grogu got kidnapped you know, I don't but. know if anybody is going to die next episode. I think there will be some sort of big moment that's like, shit, don't mess with Moff Gideon. There has to be something like that because we know he's coming back in season three, ideally. And there's more Darksaber story to tell that you just can't tell in one episode. So he's got to be coming yeah. back. Um, I, I think there will be some sort of jaw dropping moment of like, shit, uh, they went there. And it might be, a, you know, a fatal wound to Den. Maybe Baby Yoda uh, Force heals him or something, you know, oh, right before yeah. he gets stolen again. So I think that could be maybe like, you know, Grogu heals him and then, you know, Din's still recovering, still out of it, but they take Grogu away. And like when Din comes back to it, he's like, how did I live? And they're like, the kid saved you. And he's like, 
damn it, I lost him my again. My child is gone again. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my son? Have you seen my son? <laughs> That's my boy. It's my son. Oh my son. god, are, are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Cedric Diggory's dad. From... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's my so boy. traumatic. Oh, oh God. that's so sad. All right, still makes me sad. Degree, but anyway, still makes um, me sad. Oh my God. So yeah, all all time will tell. We're only a couple days away from the finale. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be crazy. And uh, I don't think I'm emotionally uh, ready for this this series, to, uh, the season no. to end. So I feel like this last episode also was maybe a bit of a fake out because you're we're really going in not knowing anything. Yeah. So, so. we'll see what happens. But Tori. Uh, until the next episode of Clan of Two, and we discuss the season two finale, where can people find you online to hear more of your Star Wars opinions post spoiler Monday? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm so angry because I had some good jokes lined up, and then people started posting early, so they took the jokes that I was gonna post. Yeah. I'm bummed about it. Anyway, the clout, the fine. clout chasing's real nowadays. <sighs> I just like I wish that people would wait till Monday, honestly. Yeah. And it's not even for me, and maybe that's like wrong of me to say. I don't know. I just I feel like waiting till Monday is like yeah. so easy. But anyway, you know, my, my philosophy is if you spoil it for one person, that's that's uh, that's a no no. I don't want to spoil it for us, even a single person. You yeah, know? and I think it's super valid to wait the whole weekend. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's the Mandatorian, so it's the Mandalorian, but a T instead of the L. Um, on Twitter, it is just straight through the Mandatorian. On Instagram, it's the period Mandatorian. Um, you can follow all my fun shop stuff for um, Creature Cartel at Creature Cartel and Creature Cartel Shop. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, respectively, I am actually shutting the shop down for a few weeks, but we'll be back in the new year with some new stuff and it'll be fun. Awesome. And as for Friends of the Force, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And please leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to the podcast. Helps others join the discussion. You can join our Patreon where we do a lot of extra content. We're about to post a new Phantom Menace episode on there talking about the novelization. Thank you to our current patrons, Anna, Cheryl, Christina, Deborah, Donnie, Ella G, Jessica, Marie Claire, Marvin, Neil, Rachel, Sarah, and T. And our newest patron, Levi. Hello, Levi. Welcome to the Friends of the Forest Patreon. And that's pretty much all from us. We're going to have a couple more episodes coming up. Uh, Tori and I may be doing a fun interview episode coming up as well. So stay tuned to see who we might be chatting with from the world of the Mandalorian. So yeah, if all goes according to plan, we'll see. These are trying times. They are. They are. And... That is pretty much it. I'm excited for finale week, Tori. Oh, We're gonna okay, do it. already here. D- doing it live. Been such a whirlwind. I can't believe it. I'm, <laughs> I'm it just <laughs> over the moon. I'm elated by the Mandalorian, and I'm just so excited. So, grab grab your seatbelts, buckle in. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. I really. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Until then, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs>